Hey everybody, welcome back to my Blackadian universe. It is the end of Black History Month and 2023, and it's been an interesting one uh, for me. I have had to <laughs> endure some nonsense, and this is typical. It's typical for Black History Month, and, um, you know, I've had, you know, for me, Black History Month is every god dang month <laughs> of the year, um, but, you know, for everybody else, it's, you know, February, but, um, yeah, I want to talk about a very interesting thing I noticed that happens when I talk about um, anti-black racism. Uh, essentially, it starts what I uh, like to call the old um, comparison, oppression comparison uh, challenge. So, um, yeah, let's talk about it. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I'm a proud black woman and um, that's the space I live in, my identity, I'm proud of it. And I uh, talk about racism and injustice, you know, all the time. It's a part of who I am. Um, you know, it's also part of my work. And so, you know, when I see it, when I'm with my friends that, you know, uh, <laughs> I talk about my girlfriend all the time, uh, one of my oldest friends, um, who is also a black woman. And we just, you know, in our lifetime, the microaggressions that we endure, you know, just all the things that just, it, it comes up a lot, it comes up a lot, uh, <laughs> needless to say. So when you know, we talk about discrimination and equity and inclusion and, you know, uh, just generally anti-racism. Everybody, you know, obviously is on board and, you know, generally everyone's like, oh yeah, of course that shouldn't happen, equity for all, et cetera, et cetera. It's when it comes to black people in particular that... I encounter resistance and um, it's such an interesting, messed up, <laughs> for lack of a better word, a thing that happens. Um, people have a block. There's this um, hesitation. I don't know if it's because I am black that people assume that I have some bias here. And you know what, I probably do. Um, that, you know, they're, they, they can't have a conversation with me because I'm going to be biased there. I'm not going to be open to listening to their ideas because of my bias. And um, it's really you know, e 
fascinating. And just even the statement, Black Lives Matter, will um, enrage some people more uh, than, you know, you know, if we say that, um, you know, stop anti-Asian hate, people will be more on board with that statement as opposed to Black Lives Matter. The focus and attention solely on black people is a problem for so many people. Let me say that again. The dedication to the eradication of hate of the humanization of the desegregation of the celebration of black lives presents a problem for so many people. We can't have a month. We can't have celebration. We can't have joy. It is such a problem for people. And it is such a problem because the opposite of all of that has been normalized and justified and um, ingrained in our the very fabric of our society that when we try and tell people facts, when we try and go outside of that complacent, normal existence and remind them that the world is wrong and broken and needs to be changed, there is this visceral resistance that is so deep that it is it 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 makes me question how to even challenge and change something that runs so deep. So people are going to listen to this and be like, Oh my God, this is so ridiculous. You know, Denise racists are gonna racist. Um, you're just imagining it as a black person. No, when people have their, you know, marches and, you know, fighting for equality and rights, is there a counter 
is there a counter march or a challenge? You know, when we say Black Lives Matter, people have to counter with saying all lives matter. Like we have to, you know, nobody's anthem is being challenged except for ours. People aren't going out of their way to tell us that we cannot um you know, fight for our equality, you know, our history of black people, our freedom from enslavement is based on uh, our ability and, you know, um, strength and reserve to fight these injustices. And the fact that there's like this swing uh, back whenever, um, you know, we move as a people to eradicate, uh, you know, barriers, uh, and not just for our people, but for all people, whenever there's that push, there's always that pushback that targets and dehumanizes black lives, because that is the history that is the foundation of our countries people resist it. They resist it like um, nothing I've ever seen before. You know, there don't, don't just, if you don't agree, just shut up <laughs> and not agree. But the fact that you feel entitled and um, you need to speak up against it. I mean, look, it just ended what that that friggin sorry that that uh cartoonist who frankly i didn't even know that like dilbert cartoons were still in existence but you know he had a platform and he was sitting on this bubbling rage um you know against uh, people he needed he felt the need to to sort of you know have a a a, a, a unnecessary no one was waiting to hear from you know him like everyone's like i wonder what that guy has to say on this issue no one cares and the th the fact that he you know had to have a career ending uh rant um is just what i'm talking about when i say that people don't even understand why they're so angry why they're so mad, why they're so resistant to me saying that my life matters as much as a white person's. It's obvious. It's obvious to anybody who isn't deeply racist. And if you have a problem with the statement, Black Lives Matter, the problem is within you. The problem is with you not being able to understand your history, understand your uh, country, understand why that statement makes you feel so deeply uncomfortable because you believe that it is not true. And it the audacity for me to say that, the audacity for me to make you feel that you are a bad person because you believe a very bad thing makes you angry. Nobody wants to be a bad person. Nobody wants to feel, you know, like they are racist, that they're doing something wrong and bad. And so when I say that I deserve equal treatment to um, the, the a group of people that have historically been uh, working very hard to devalue my life,
the fact that I'm standing up and saying that's not right, the fact that people have to counter with saying that, oh, it's okay to be white. I didn't say that. Nobody said that. It's, you know, like challenging that notion. Of course it is. And it is, oh, of course it is also okay to be black. And I have to say it because nobody but me and people that look like me are are um, making rules, making policies, making laws to ensure that that statement is not just true in theory, but true in practice. So I'm going to end with um, just an example couple of examples, honestly, <laughs> of uh, the kind of interesting stories that I've heard um, when I talk about uh, Black history and the unique Black history. We Black people, um, African uh, Americans, um, African Canadians, uh, Caribbean Canadians, Black people are not a monolith. We are a very diverse group of people with a group diverse groups, diverse uh, history. Um, you know, people need to be aware that African Americans have a unique and distinct history. It is not to be challenged. It is not to be erased. It is not to be ignored. It is an important part of uh, North American society, how North American society, how America was built, uh, how it influences how black people around the world are seen and um, treated. And, you know, same with, you know, African Canadians, we have generations of African Canadians that live in this country in uh, our East Coast that, you know, are more um, Canadian than uh, someone would think of recent, you know, immigrants that go back, you know, many generations, but people will assume because of the color of their skin that they aren't Canadian. And, you know, these, that history of enslavement has a weight, has a consequence of how we live our lives now. We cannot remember, people want to remember everything else except for the enslavement of black people, of colonization. Nobody wants to remember that. It is a, a tragic history. You know, we, we talk about world wars all the time and, you know, we have to remember those uh, and those that have been, that served their country and have fallen. I want the same reverence for my people that were brought here in bondage and served their country as well. 
there is a unique history there and it needs to be respected and it needs to be um, understood as well. And, and I don't understand why there's um, a question to that. There should be no question. It happened, it's real, and it needs to be remembered. Anything else is disrespectful and continues on to dehumanize black people when we we take away that remembrance you know um the very idea of enslavement of black people and you know listing people by number instead of by name was erased you know, that ability to trace our ancestry, to have that connection to our past, and was a method, a disgusting, evil method of uh, dehumanizing uh, enslaved African people. So when we talk about this unique history, I, I there isn't we don't want to challenge that. We don't want to say, let's compare it to other items. And I'll tell you the story that I was thinking of. So, you know, <laughs> one of my friends was talking about, you know, having this conversation of, you know, during Black History Month, and of course, someone had to talk about, you know, indentured slaves, and you're talking about, oh, you know, when my family came here, uh, as Italian people, they couldn't find work. And because, you know, nobody liked the Italian people. And, you know, uh, my friend just lost it on them and they were like oh my goodness you know uh, please educate me on the you know the history of enslavement of you know the italian people and of course there were white slaves and everything like that but this is what the what this person was talking about they were talking about you know like 40 years ago that you know their parent came here and you know couldn't get work as an italian that's an awful awful story of discrimination it should not have happened that's terrible but why bring it up in the same breath as, you know, talking about Black history during Black History Month? It is a separate and distinct thing. I can acknowledge the terribleness of that history and the discrimination of Italian people in this country. Why can't you just listen and accept that someone is sharing a story about their history and their past? Why is it you know, a comparison. Why do I have to be like, I suffer too? That is not the point of this history, this story. Don't try to diminish what we have uh, endured and overcome by trying to put in your little two cents. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to hear it in the same breath. It is the same thing if you were talking to anybody when they're sharing, you know, their story about their suffering, just a personal story of someone was saying like, you know, I had a hardship or a hard time. And then you have to counter by talking about a time that you had a hard time, even if it's not at all the same thing. You're trying to tell that person what exactly that they shouldn't feel bad about it, that they need to ignore their personal suffering like why bring it up just listen and to that story you don't need to talk you don't need to talk you don't need to share you don't need to remind me of another horrible thing that happened uh when i'm talking about anti-black racism it is its own thing it's its own thing we aren't ranking it we aren't talking about oh this happened to 
I don't care. I'm just putting it down. <laughs> I, I don't care at this moment. When I'm talking about anti-black racism, I'm talking about anti-black racism. If I want to talk about other types of discrimination, absolutely. I need to talk about it. I want to talk about it, but not when I'm talking about anti-black racism. It is its own thing. There is no comparison. There is nothing else. I, uh, I will give you an example of, um, I also, uh, talk about, and I've, you know, talked about this as well, just about my interest because I didn't know a lot about it. I found out very late, uh, in life in high school about, um, residential schools. And I was very upset that I didn't know about it, you know, growing up and they didn't teach it in schools. And so, um, when I went to university, I like ended up writing my thesis about it, everything, blah, blah. Anyways, the point is because I wanted to further, I was like, I'm going to use this time to selfishly to fill in my gaps of knowledge. And, you know, uh, the Canadian history of indigenous peoples was, and their treatment and continued treatment is, uh, absolutely awful. And, um, there is no comparison to residential schools where um, children were stripped from their homes and their families because, you know, there were like laws written about, you know, killing the Indian, you know, trying to assimilate uh, people and taking away their culture, taking away their language, taking them away from their family so that they would lose that connection. That's so disgusting and evil. And, you know, why, when I'm talking about this, when I was, you know, writing my paper, I didn't also like liken it to uh, slavery, because why? Why would I do that? It is its own separate and distinct history, and it deserves to be remembered. It deserves to be um, rectified. It, we need to move towards reconciliation. That is what needs to happen. We don't need to lump everything in together. And I'll tell you what, when I talk about reconciliation in Indigenous peoples, nobody, nobody has ever, 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 ever had the gall to chime in and talk about their Italian uh, relative who had a hard time getting a job. Nobody had the, the gall to say that. Nobody even would think that it would be reasonable to make that comparison to such an atrocity. But when I talk about anti-black racism, when I talk about slavery, I need to hear about some, some story like that because uh, what am I supposed to say? Oh yeah, okay, I get it now. I get why I shouldn't be talking about this. No, pipe down, simmer down. You, you can talk about that uh, <laughs> at another time, but not when we're talking about Black Lives Matters, not when we're talking about anti-Black racism. Save it. Button your yap. <laughs> so, in conclusion, when someone's talking about anti-Black racism and you want to tell a story about something that is not at all the same, unless it is about anti-Black racism, do not make a comparison. Do not talk about that at all. I think that should be very, very clear. That is my thank you for coming to my TED Talk, period. So... <laughs>
I'm going to end it there, but I'm going to have a call out. I want everyone to tell me if, how was your Black History Month? How is it going? Did you have to hear some nonsense too? If you are a a Black Canadian, a Black American, a Black person, I want to hear about it. Tell me. Um, And uh, if you are not Black and uh, you are... uh, you know, on your learning journey, your anti-racism journey, and perhaps you um, also maybe had an experience where you felt the need to talk about uh, your experience with discrimination um, <laughs> when someone else is talking about racism. Let me know. Let me know why you think uh, there's that uh, that need and uh, what you can do to challenge it. So I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in my Blackadian universe.